Hey folks, this is the Serving the Peace Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Hardy. Welcome to the program. I'm going solo today. Uh, Josh was unable to join me the other day and he, you know, he has stuff going on. I mean, as you guys know, we're very busy in our personal lives, but a lot is going on in the news um, and it surprises me how little people know and understand certain things and what's going on. And, and you see it right now with the Israel-Palestine conflict. Um, a lot of people will see the Palestinians as victims, that they are just bullied by Israel and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily the case. And if you look at the history, that's never been really the case at all. Um, but I wanted to kind of break that down and help people understand the history there and what's going on. So um, if you don't like history, I'm sorry, this might be a very boring podcast for you, but it is fascinating stuff. It's fascinating to me. Um, I did have to look up a few things, but I may get some facts wrong. Feel free to email me, dtp at usa.com. Email me, correct me. If I say something correct, I will be happy to correct it next podcast. I'll, I'll bust it out, bust out your email, and, and make my correction. So just full warning. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I don't remember all these things off the top of my head perfectly. But again, uh, if I make any mistakes, by all means. So I wanted to go back to Israel itself. Um, who is Israel? What is Israel? What's the country? What made it a country in the first place? You know, what happened there? And we actually have to go back to biblical times, uh, very, very far back in the Bible, in the Old Testament, deep in the Old Testament. And we have to learn about a man named Abraham. Abraham was a prophet of God. Uh, he spoke to God. God spoke to him. He had a wife that he had for many, many years. And his one of his afflictions, despite being rich and doing well in life. He had servants, he had kin, he had all sorts of people with him. He basically was forming his own little tribe. Um, but one thing he never actually managed to do was have children. But he was a prophet of God and he was faithful and he's doing everything. So one day God spoke to him, according to the Bible, and essentially told him that he would have tons of children, that he his, his children would... Um, I forget the exact verbiage. He compared it to the stars or the sands of the sea, that they'd be exceptionally numerous uh, in, in history or in the future for him. Um, and Abraham didn't understand what that meant, but he told his wife about it. Oops, sorry. A little bit of a malfunction here. Told his wife about it, and his wife was very upset because she was getting old. She was barren. She was unable to have kids. Uh, she was well past that part in her life. So she said, hey, I have a servant made here. Uh, take my servant. Okay, have a child with her. Okay, and let's raise that child. Um, of course, Abraham talked to God. God said, yep, go ahead. Take on a second wife. Um, we'll marry you guys. And so that's what they did. Uh, and he had a son named Ishmael. I believe his name was Ishmael. Uh, again, that could be one of the things I'm wrong about. So he was raising Ishmael and things were going fine. He was treating him great. And then God decided to bless him again. And his wife, his first wife, who was very old, um, ended up having a, another son, uh, Isaac. And... Abraham, of course, loved Isaac. This was his first wife, the person he had spent his entire life with, built his life with. Um, he loved her very much, and this was a son that she was he was able to have with her. So now he had two sons, uh, Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, Ishmael then became very jealous of Isaac, uh, and I believe he tried to hurt him, harm him, do something, or he was planning to, and God warned him. I don't. I'm a little shady on the details, but eventually he had to take Ishmael and. and his mother give him a bunch of provisions and stuff, some gold, whatever they needed, and basically sent them away. He said, you're now a danger to my son. Uh, later on, um, then there's that famous story about Abraham who um, had to take Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice him because God ordered him to, and he was about to do it. And then God stopped him and said, thank you for your, basically, thank you for your loyalty. Um, and then he continued to just bless Abraham. Uh, Isaac grew up. Isaac had a son named Jacob. 
and Jacob ended up having 12 sons. A lot of people recognize this story because this is the one where one of Jacob's sons was Joseph. He loved Joseph very much. The brothers became jealous of Joseph, and they captured Joseph and sold him into Egypt. Uh, Joseph then rose to power in Egypt and became very powerful and was later able to save his own family uh, when a famine hit the land. He was able to bring him into Egypt. 300 years later, uh, now Jacob was renamed to Israel by God, and all his sons all had their families and children. And now you have 12 tribes of Israel, uh, and they're known as the Israelites. And now they are captured by the Egyptians 300 years later. Uh, now, this is a story of Moses. Moses helps bring them out. Moses, you know, everyone knows this story. If you ever watch any of the movies or anything like that, Moses goes into the wilderness. He's there for 40 years. He ends up dying, um, depending on which uh, account you, he dies or he's taken up into heaven um, before the Israelites are able to inhabit the land of Israel, which was promised to him by God. Uh, they go into Israel. This is the kind of politically correct stuff that a lot of people struggle with because the Israelites were basically ordered by God to just go in and wipe everything out. Uh, the men, the women, the children, anybody who stood against them, you either fled or you got wiped out. Um, a lot of people struggle with that, but that's what the Bible says happened. So they go in, they inhabit the land of Israel, and historically they've been there ever since almost. Um, now let's back up a little bit. Let's go back to Ishmael. Uh, traditionally speaking, and this is where a lot of people argue, and this is where uh, there's a lot of disagreements, right? The Jews as we know them today are descendants of Jacob. Uh Everyone else in the Middle East, the people who we commonly know as Muslims or uh, Middle Easterners, you know, your Egyptians, your Iranians, your, you know, all those individuals, um, your, your Palestinians are believed to be traditionally descendants of Ishmael. And again, I could be wrong. There's a lot of debate about that. You know, a lot of people don't believe that. And a typical Muslim belief is that it wasn't the Israelites who were chosen of God, which I'll get to in a second. But it was actually Ishmael's people who was chosen of God and that the Israelites uh, basically betrayed him and changed the books and changed the records over time. Um, and let me get back to chosen of God. Basically, that was part of Abraham's deal. He has a lot of children and his children will be a chosen people of God. Basically, a people that would be set aside to preserve the work of God, preserve his legacy, preserve his history um, in a book that we now know as the Bible or the Old Testament Um and they're supposed to be chosen. And then, of course, if later on, if you accept Jesus into your heart and get baptized and all that stuff, you actually become an adoptive member of the house of Israel. But anyways, I digress. Let's move forward. Again, let's go back to the history. Um, the Israelites inhabited that. They had a lot of history there. Um, there's Eventually, the kingdom became divided. And there was 10 tribes that inhabited more of the northern land. And there's two tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Joseph, I believe. Or maybe the tribe of Levi. I can't remember. Um, inhabited the southern land, including um, Jerusalem itself. Uh, the ten tribes were then invaded from the northern kingdom, and they were invaded and taken away and carried off. Uh, nobody really knows what they went. They just know that they went north. It's generally accepted that those people eventually became uh, possibly Europeans, Russians, uh, those individuals. We don't know. Um, it's a possibility. It's a theory. Again, I could be wrong. Feel free to email me. Um, so that's generally what happened there. And then so... Let's fast forward. Uh, Israelites, you know, Israel kind of collapses, crumbles over the years. It's taken over by Rome. Uh, Jesus is born, the Jews, uh, and then reject Jesus and stuff like that over the years. I mean, we kind of know what happens after that. It kind of falls into nothingness. Now let's fast forward to World War II. Okay, Germany collapses, and Europe is just left in ruin. There's displaced individuals all over the place, including displaced Jews who were fleeing and hiding and running away and doing whatever they got to do. Um, and a lot of them didn't want to go home. 
right? I mean, you saw it all happen once. A lot of people didn't want to go back to Poland. They didn't want to go back to Germany. They didn't want to go back to Russia. They didn't want to go back to that side of the Iron Curtain. So you had all these displaced individuals. And so the newly formed United Nations, I believe in 1948 is when they came up with this idea, decided, you know what? Israel is the historical home of the Jews. All right. We have archaeological evidence to support that. Uh, the area is considered Palestine, but nothing really exists there. This is the part where everyone kind of messes up and doesn't understand. Palestine wasn't a country. Okay, basically you had tribal law. You had just groups here and there. Nobody really claimed that after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, there just was nothing there. Okay, you just had people inhabiting the land. And that was about it. And they kind of just followed their own religious laws or whatever it was. So the United Nations came in. It's probably the only success they really had was they, they created Israel and they created Palestine. They basically told the people here, hey, we're going to create a country of Israel. We're going to allow all these displaced individuals throughout Europe to come here if they want to and inhabit this land and restart the country of Israel. And then we're also going to give you the land of Palestine. Okay, it'll be just south. It won't include Jerusalem. And you can have all this area and this will be yours. You guys can have your own country. Well, the Palestinians rejected the idea and immediately declared war on Israel. Okay. And now if you start going through the history, and again, I could be misstating things. I'm going off the top of my head. I didn't, I didn't look up the exact timelines. Um, but there's a lot of countries in the Middle East who are Muslim-based who just historically just hate Jews um, who also declared war on Israel. Uh, Egypt famously did it. And as they began to mobilize, Israel famously did a preemptive strike and basically was able to defeat Egypt in battle despite being such a tiny little country. And they've been doing it ever since. Um, they've really invested heavily in their military and their defense budgets. Uh, and for being such a small country, they actually do a fantastic job defending themselves. As we've seen, okay, they have this thing out there called the Iron Dome. Now, this is actually a brainchild of Ronald Reagan. A lot of people didn't know this. But if you go back to the 80s and the, the Ronald Reagan, he had this idea when we had this Cold War with Soviet Russia. Is what if we had a missile defense system that could basically take out nuclear weapons? Right. If, if Russia launched one of their ICBFs, right, I think is what they call them or no, I'm sorry, I call it ICBF. It's IC, ICBM, all right, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Uh, if they launched one at the U.S., it roughly would take 30 minutes to reach us. And he wanted a missile defense system that can not only track it, but also take it out. Uh, Democrats famously called it Star Wars and they were against the idea. They thought it was stupid. It would never work. OK, Democrats get in charge. The idea gets defunded. Uh, Republicans get in charge. It gets refunded. It gets mocked again. I remember during George Bush years, they said, no, it couldn't be done. You're talking about trying to hit a bullet with a bullet. Well, then they test it and they managed to hit a bullet with a bullet. Now it's a regular thing and Democrats don't even talk about it anymore because they were wrong about it for 20 years. Ridiculously wrong about it for 20 years. They didn't even get it close. They had no understanding. Well, as we're watching Israel, we're actually watching a very similar system take place, right? It's called the Iron Dome. It essentially, they track these rockets as they're being launched and they take them out before they can land. Now, I've been getting on social media and I've been seeing a lot of heartbreaking videos of people who are filming themselves uh, just as the sirens start, the families, the reactions. People will stop their cars, get out, and they'll lay down behind curbs, behind walls. They'll, in their bottom of their apartment complexes, they have bunkers and stuff. They'll go down there. They do all these things because they hear these sirens go out through all throughout Israel. And in a matter of eight days, there's about 3,400 rockets were shot from Palestine into Israel. Now, what changed? Because we secured peace in the Middle East. During the Trump administration, they secured peace in the Middle East. It was the first deal that actually happened in 20 years. I don't think Palestine was a part of that. Okay, but Palestine um, essentially does exist now. It's a country. But what these people end up, ended up doing is their government is an is a organization called Hamas. 
Okay, now the people of Palestine chose this government to rule them. They allowed them to be ruled by Hamas. Hamas is an internationally recognized terrorist organization who hates Jews. That's what they've always done. Okay, now if you go back in time a bit to the early 2000s and the 90s, I remember when I was a kid, it was almost every week you heard about some new bombing in Israel. You heard about some new attack, you know, active shooter, whatever it was. And Israel then famously took an area called the Gaza Strip because they realized all these terrorist attacks were being launched from this area called the Gaza Strip. Then there's tons of international pressure. All these problems are going on. So Israel finally gave in and said, fine, have your Gaza Strip back. They gave it back to Palestine. They retreated from it. And what did they do in response? Well, they started getting more terrorist attacks again. So what did they do? They built a wall. And now they have a huge border wall system. Uh, some of it's just chain link fence, all this other stuff. And what they do is they'll have like fence and then they'll have like sand that's perfectly graded. So they'll see if there's any fresh footprints. It's constantly monitored. Okay. I remember listening to an interview with Glenn Beck who went and visited and he was actually t taken out to the countryside to view this wall. And he said that he wanted to stop. And they said, well, they're going to come if you stop. And he said, what do you mean they're going to come? And they're like, well, you got your papers because we're going to stop. And he said, yeah, I got my stuff right here. So they stopped. And he said it wasn't even five, ten minutes later. Suddenly there was a helicopter overhead. A couple uh, uh, military trucks showed up. They checked their papers. They asked them why they stopped. Why were you sitting there? I mean, he didn't even know they were being watched the whole time. Okay, so they ended up coming up with this, this border wall system that worked fantastically. And boom, almost all their terrorist attacks just dropped off. So what does Palestine do? They gather the women and their children, they take them to that border wall, and then they protest the existence of a wall. Sounds ridiculous, right? Oh, this wall shouldn't be here. It's a wall of hate. Blah, blah, blah. Well, duh, it's keeping terrorists out. Okay, the terrorists that you, the people of Palestine, actually put in power. So they go and protest this wall. Okay, they start throwing rocks, even shoot guns sometimes. Uh, the Israelis respond with tear gas and sometimes even have to fire, shoot guns or, you know, or, or some other projectiles back. And then, of course, the media turns on the cameras in that moment and say, oh, look at what Israel's doing to Palestine again. Look at these big bullies Israel doing to Palestine again. Okay, the reality is if Israel just did nothing and minded its own business all the time, uh, they wouldn't do anything. They literally are reactive. I always like to talk about this with police officers, too. Police officers are a reactive force. You make the first action, then a police officer reacts to it. Okay, Palestine or other countries will shoot rockets into Israel, and Israel responds, and everyone wants to criticize Israel for that. Okay, Israel's just defending themselves. Even Joe Biden admitted that Israel has the right to defend themselves. Okay, how do you justify 3,400 rockets being fired from Palestine into Israel? So anyways, they'll do these protests. They'll show them up there. They, they always try and make Israel look like these big bullies who built this wall of hate, whatever it is, which sounds familiar with our southern border, right? Okay, we built a wall down there. It's not complete, but we built portions of the wall down there, and immediately people started protesting. Okay, and then you got Border Patrol out there shooting tear gas and stuff, getting people away from their wall, and then boom. Oh. Trump's a big bully and he's racist, right? That's what we were told. Stupid. The whole thing's stupid, okay? And you're stupid if you keep falling for that crap. So anyways, they built this wall. It's significant. Uh, the other thing the Palestinians will do, the Hamas will do, is they'll launch rockets, but they'll launch them from on top of a school. They'll launch them from on top of a hospital. They'll launch them from on top of a, an apartment complex. And then what happens? Okay, they launch a rocket. Israel launches something back, destroys that rocket battery. And boom, they destroyed an entire school. And what does Palestine say? Oh my gosh, Israel bombed us and they destroyed a school. Oh my gosh, Israel bombed us and they destroyed a hospital, guys. We had wounded people in there that were willing to testify against Israel and their bulliness. And they just destroyed that hospital and killed a bunch of people. Hamas is literally using the Palestinian people as a human shield. He's literally doing that. That's what they're doing. Okay, no wonder the Prime Minister of Israel, Netanyahu, I can never really say his name, 
uh, is just fed up and saying, no, it's done. We're going to eradicate Hamas. Okay, they're not talking about invading Palestine and taking over, although it'd probably do most of those people a huge favor if they did. Okay, but he's just talking about eradicating Hamas. Okay, and I don't blame him. It's literally been decades of this crap. Absolute decades of it. Okay, even if you dis disagree with the creation of Israel at the time, you're talking about something that happened 70 years ago. You cannot hold the people today for decisions that big wigs 70 years ago made. It's too late. It's done. You can't go back in time. Even if you thought their decision was wrong, you can't go back in time and fix it. It is what it is. Israel now has the right to exist. And when President Trump was in charge, okay, we carried a big stick and the world knew that we backed up Israel. Nobody messed with them. Okay, besides maybe a little minor skirmish here and there, but Israel had our protection and we even put our Navy in the Mediterranean to, to, to back them up. Now, look, one thing that President Trump did is he stopped payments to the Palestinians. There's 230, I think almost 240 million dollars a year in foreign aid going to, the, to Hamas, to a terrorist organization. President Trump put a stop to it. What does Joe Biden do? Reinstates it. Okay, you got to terrorist organization that runs and uses and bullies its own people uses them as a human shield to try and make themselves look like victims even though they're the ones who keep attacking and we're sitting there giving them money we're giving them hundreds of millions of dollars honestly if you want to give away millions of dollars it's probably going to be, just give it to me why not i could use 235 million dollars i most certainly will do a lot more good with that i most certainly will put people to work in america but no we're not interested in helping Americans go to work. Of course not. Did you guys hear about this pipeline? Okay. You had the Keystone Pipeline would shut down right away, right? January 20th, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline. That was American jobs, everything. Okay. And what's stupid is that pipeline is still moving oil. Okay. This is basically uh, Canadian oil being sent to American refineries. And they said, hey, let's do a pipeline. Let's do a pipeline to make it faster, easier, and smoother and cheaper for people in America and Canada to purchase American oil. Okay, why not? Okay, that oil is still going to American refineries, but it's going by train, it's going by semi-truck. They're trying to cut out the middleman. And who are the biggest advocates against that? Well, the people who own the semi-trucks and the train companies. Who are they? Well, big liberal billionaires. They're the only ones standing to lose. Okay, the Keystone Pipeline wasn't going to hurt no tribal stuff. It wasn't going to hurt no Native American stuff. Not at all. In fact, it was going, from what I understand, it was going right next to another pipeline that already exists. It's a different type of pipeline, but it's still there. Okay, and then you have this pipeline in the south that gets hacked by Russia. Okay, the hackers were from Russia. I don't know if they're state-sanctioned or not, but they came from Russia. Okay, and what does Biden do? He signs off, just the other day, he signs off on an approval for a Russian oil pipeline going into Europe. So Russia could have pipelines, but America can't. We can't even protect our pipelines. You know, they always said Trump was Putin's uh, little henchman or whatever. Okay. But now they're all silent when we actually see what happens when you have a president who gives in the foreign interests. And I could talk about this. I mean, I could do whole stories where I'm just breaking down um, the Biden's relationship with communist China. Okay, especially Biden's son. I mean, he was basically the frontman for a lot of this stuff. And. For crying out loud, man, the company he worked for for China, the one he was on a board for, was the company that was uh, responsible for stealing our stealth technology. Whether he was directly involved or not, I don't know, but he definitely invited a snake into the hen's house. So what do we do? 
I mean, are the American people going to wake up? Are we going to figure all this out? Are we going to stand with Israel like we should? Because we should stand with Israel. Not only are they the only democracy in the Middle East, okay, but they protect their people. They believe in diversity. You go to Israel and you go walk on the street and you'll see mosques and synagogues on the same block. You'll see Muslims and Jews and Christians all living on the same block. They get along. They work. They play. They go to school. It's a little tiny country, but they got it figured out. Why do we call them the bullies? Why do we continue to tolerate this stuff? I'm tired, folks. I am tired. Honestly, I haven't even been paying too much attention to the news lately. Like, I'll, obviously, I'll pick up stuff um, here and there, and I will do my thing. But, I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a three-day ban from Facebook. Facebook banned a post that I did, like, a few weeks ago. Uh, they said they're going to give me a three-day ban for even posting it. I appealed it. I won the appeal, but I'm still banned for three days, even though they agreed that my post wasn't actually against their community guidelines. But, hey, at least we don't have an evil orange man in the White House, right? At least we don't have voices out there saying, hey, there might be some discrepancies with the uh, 2020 election. There might be some things. Speaking of that, they're auditing all these states now. Um, I think Michigan's being audited and stuff. Why aren't we doing that automatically every time? I mean, is there anybody in the sound of my voice who doesn't think that every election should just be automatically audited? Why not? You count it, you announce your winners, and then you automatically launch into an audit. Okay, verify your findings. That should happen every single time. Um, voting is such a sacred right. We should be protecting it a lot more than we do. But we don't. For some reason, you're seen as a racist or a bigot or whatever if you dare suggest that, hey, maybe we should recount these. You're seen as a sore loser. Hey, maybe we should recount these. Maybe we should audit some of this. Okay. Why? I mean, if you won fair and square, if you believe there was no sign of any type of fraud or anything, then what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. Here's the thing I'm learning. I'm learning this with the masks and stuff. Um, courage is contagious, right? And I've said that before. Uh, California still have statewide mask mandates, right? The stores that still require, I still see employees wearing these masks. Some say they don't even care. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Idaho and they had mask mandates in certain stores and stuff. But my buddy up there told me, he's like, they they don't care. Nobody's enforcing it. And he was right. I'd walk right in and out of stores. Nobody cared. No other uh, customers were even wearing them. Did Idaho have a huge problem with coronavirus? No. But I find that when you walk in and everybody else is wearing a mask and you're not, you're more likely to start seeing people take their mask off or let it hang by their ear or pull it down over their face or pull it down underneath their chin. Uh, because that's courage. Okay, when they see me doing it and they think, well, he's not wearing a mask and nobody's making him wear one, I'm not going to wear this stupid thing either. Because when all is said and done, I'm just tired of it. I played along, right? I'm actually on record on this very podcast saying that the moment this coronavirus touched our population, it wasn't going away. What are we going to do? Just wear masks every season like Fauci suggested? Fauci, whatever his name is? No, I'm not doing that. Not doing it ever again. I'm done. I'm done with these stupid masks. All right, let me shift gears a little bit. So one popular idea that comes from the left that's been going around, it's been driving me insane every time I hear it, and I, I just have to talk about this. Did you know that there's a popular leftist belief out there 
that apparently modern day policing came from slave patrols back in the 1800s. That they say slave patrols of the 1800s is the foundation of modern day policing. And for, for this reason, I don't know how they do this, they bridge this huge gap. They said, because modern day policing is, is founded by slave patrollers back in the 1800s, or, or the concept is, is based off slave patrols in the 1800s, uh, today's institution is racist. Yeah, they actually say that. They actually believe that. How ridiculous can you get? Okay. First of all, let me, let me talk about history for a second here. Uh, 5,000 years ago, the first known police system, civilian police, was in, was actually created in Egypt. Okay. Caesar Augustus had police as well. Okay. What we know is modern day policing started in Europe. It started in London. They were the first ones to have cops because they wore copper badges. Okay. That's where that term came from. The first cops in America actually were formed in 1838 in Boston. New York shortly or followed shortly after. Civilian police, non-military police. This was a very progressive idea, okay, to have law enforcement that wasn't military-based. Okay, civilian police hired and paid for by, by towns, counties, states to enforce those local laws and municipalities. Okay, this was a progressive, awesome idea. Why is that important to know? Because Boston was in Massachusetts, which was a free state in 1838. So was New York. So was Chicago. Okay, so no, you actually cannot make the argument that modern-day policing was founded by slave patrols because they didn't happen. Not to mention slave patrollers were not state-sanctioned. Okay, these were thugs. These were hired thugs. Okay, they would. that's why they existed the way they did because they had to sneak into... Uh, uh, northern states and try and capture runaway slaves and bring them back. They were smugglers. There's actually records of these guys actually engaging the U.S. military. The United States Navy has records of them engaging slave patrols. These weren't sanctioned. They were kidnappers. In some cases, murderers. And under no circumstances can we look back in history and see any slave patrollers at any time where someone looked at them and said, hey, could you guys actually uh, be our civilian police force instead? I know there's like eight of you in your little gang, and I know that's what you guys do for a living, but how would you guys work for this town, and you guys can enforce our local laws and, and stuff? That never happened. Of course it never happened. How stupid can you be? How gullible can you believe be to even believe that? That's ridiculous. Okay, only a moron would believe something like that. That's stupid. It doesn't even make sense. Okay? Not to mention, let's say even if it were true. Let's say it's all that is true. Okay, let's say that modern policing really was founded on um, slave patrols and because it has a history of racism and hate that we should destroy the modern institution. Well, if we're going to do that, if we're going to start destroying modern institutions because of a history of slavery and hate. Um, let's start with the Democrat Party. How about that? Okay, if we're going to start destroying modern institutions because of hate, let's, let's start with Planned Parenthood. Right? Because that's why they're formed for. They're formed for population control of minorities. Let's start with them. I mean, really, if we're going to take modern institutions and say, hey, because they have a history of racism or hate or bigotry of some sort, we should eradicate these modern institutions. Um, okay, let's start with those ones. Let's start with the Democrat Party and, and Planned Parenthood. How, how about that? Come on, I'm following their logic, right? Let's, let's follow their logic and let's do it that way. I'm down. Let's go. Let's eradicate these systems. Oh, but there's always there's always a but, right? Or as some people like to say, well, there was a switch. There was a switch in the 70s. Uh, 
uh, the Republicans uh, changed their uh, their uh, their strategy in the 70s to start catering to racism. Now they're the party of racism. That's not true. There was never a switch. There's not a single speech, memorandum, letter, uh, platform change, none of that. There's absolutely no record of any Republican at that time, of, of any of any Republican of the Republican leadership at that time, uh, indicating that they needed to switch or change their platform or change their, their strategy to compete in the South. That was never true. Republicans were already competitive in the South. They didn't need to switch anything. In fact, Democrats continued to dominate the South anyways up until the 90s, up until the late 90s. Then after that, it started going red. But, I mean, that was long after the 70s, right? I mean, there, there's absolutely no evidence that there was a switch. If you ever hear that argument, oh, there was a switch, there was never a switch, that's an absolute lie. Okay? It's a lie, and only a gullible fool would actually believe that. I mean, seriously, do you really think there's that many racists? I mean, look at look at police work. People are like, oh, well, cops target minorities. No, they don't. Cops don't target minorities. That's so stupid. You honestly think... There's some cop out there, like legit, legit folks, do you honestly think there's some cop out there who's actually putting on his badge, putting on his, his name tag and something like, I want to go out and target minorities? That's stupid, okay? And what would a cop even gain by that? What would we even gain by that? You, you honestly think there's some sort of prize? You think there's some sort of bonus? You think there's anything out there that, I mean, what do I get? A bunch of paperwork and I get subpoenaed to court on my day off. That sounds fun, right? Oh yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's let's go after those people because uh, I love doing paperwork and I love being subpoenaed on my day off. That's not even logical. Okay, no. Not at all. That's stupid. In fact, I actually made the opposite argument. If there really was a racist cop out there, he'd probably avoid pulling over minorities. Why? You might ask. You're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. Because if he thinks minorities are all criminals, he doesn't want to do that paperwork. He's going to avoid pulling them over. Not to mention there's the other problem with that is 99% of the time because of tinted windows, uh, hours of darkness, all that stuff, storms, whatever. You honestly don't know who you're pulling over. You really don't. You don't know who you're pulling over until you walk up to the window. I pulled over cars in the middle of the night thinking, oh, yeah, it's an old-looking car. Maybe this is a troublemaker or something. You walk up to the window, it's a little old lady who's lost. Okay? Like, I don't know. I don't know who I'm pulling over. Okay? Nobody does. Not until you walk, walk up to the window. The whole concept's stupid. It all falls apart. The moment you start using your brain, the whole thing falls apart. So that's where we're at. Folks, again, if you questions, comments, concerns, DTP at USA.com. That's DTP, David Tom Paul at USA.com. Um, I can dive into the whole history of Israel thing a lot more. There's there's a lot of stuff going on there. I'm going to tell you right now, pray for them. Uh, sounds like there might have been some sort of ceasefire or tentative ceasefire as of now. Um, get on social media, man. A lot of Israelites have posted stuff in social media. Even Palestinians have, um, you know, documenting the rock and the stuff, the Iron Dome stuff. Just pray for these people. Um, they really are the victims. I'm not going to say they're always the victims, but this time they are. I mean, they're minding their own business and 3,400 and something rockets have been fired in, in a matter of like eight days or a matter of just a few days. So um, by all means, pray for these people. Pray for the leaders of our country. Pray for some backbone. Uh Pray for our cops and everything out there. Um, and by all means, find us on social media, uh, Disturbing the Peace on Facebook, Disturbing the Peace um, on Instagram. We're actually on TikTok now or even on Twitter. I have, like, no Twitter followers. I literally just use Twitter just because, uh, I don't know, it's stupid. Um, just so I could troll people, I guess, like David Hogg. <laughs> yes, I troll David Hogg on a regular on Twitter. It's pretty amazing. But anyways, um, yeah. Uh, but keep praying for these people, guys. Uh, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. 
Um, I think even CNN admitted that the Biden administration has been pretty much a disaster. I think a lot of people are going to be waking up to that. Things are not going to be the way they hoped and dreamed they were. And I'm hoping that there's going to be just a huge change. And I'm not saying necessarily a red wave, but people need to start waking up and they need to start embracing the reality of every situation. They need to stop pretending things that are true that just aren't. Okay, we have these supercomputers in our phone in our hands that we call phones, that we call cell phones, these uh, smartphones. And yet people seem to be dumber than ever. I mean, even the brief history of Israel, you can get on your phone and, and confirm some of that stuff. Okay, and trust me, it's a lot more. I've read the Bible cover to cover. There's a lot more to it. But thank you for listening, folks. I'm sorry this is just a short rant podcast. I hope you guys got something from it. Um, by all means, reach out. Uh, pray for our brothers and sisters out there. Pray for the people that need help. And uh, by all means, pray for your family as well. Yay!